Stay standing for me. Stay standing. If you've never been to an AFC before, if you're a freshman or this is just your first time, the way we start every Aggies for Christ is with something called the Godchild Yell. So what it is, is you repeat after me some, some phrases that I'm about to say. Most people do it with some enthusiasm, and it's a lot of fun, and it's a fun way to start our service. But also, I believe in my heart of hearts, that is the most important words that you're going to utter all week long. So if you will, repeat after me the Godchild Yell. I am God's child. I am somebody because God don't make no junk. Amen. 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 Y'all may have a seat. That was fantastic. Thank you very much. Well, welcome to Aggies for Christ, first midweek service of the semester. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Matt Schock, and I'm the campus minister here for Aggies for Christ. And man, we are thrilled that you guys are here tonight. Absolutely thrilled that you are here. If you're a freshman or if you're just trying this out for the very first time, like, man, I cannot tell you how important it is to find a good, positive Christian community for your time while you're here at New Mexico State or just a young adult here in Las Cruces, wherever you're at in this 18 to 30-year-old range. Finding a good Christian uh, community is essential. And so the fact that you guys are here so early in the semester getting introduced to our Aggies for Christ family, it's just, it's absolutely phenomenal. So we're excited that you guys are here tonight. Now, technically, tonight is the first meeting of the semester for our organization, Aggies for Christ. Now, I do these air quotes because I have a, I have a beef with the word organization. I did some research this week because uh, we're, uh, we're labeled with New Mexico State 299 active organizations on campus this semester. 299 different groups that you guys could be a part of. And yet you're here tonight. And, and, and when I was thinking about this, I was like, man, like, I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for New Mexico State and the resources that they share with us. I'm thankful for the, uh, I, I, I'm thankful for the advertising that they let us do through their website and whatnot, but between you and me, between you and me, organization is the very thing. Our, our very last vision for Aggies for Christ is that we would be an organization. Rather, rather, our mission is that we would replace the word organization and we would replace it with the word family, and we would replace it with the word family. See, clubs and organizations, they meet. They get stuff done. They have their meetings, and they go home. Families, families do life together. Families do life together, they eat meals together, they celebrate together, they mourn together. So our goal this semester is to replace organization with the word family. And so right now, with that kind of being at the back of our mind for the rest of the, um, our time together tonight, I would love to pray with you. I'd love to pray for your semester right now and for our time together tonight. So if you'll pray with me. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you, God. We're thankful for who you are. We're thankful for the things that um, you're doing in this community. We're thankful for the things that you're doing um, across the street on the campus, God, just a, um, a campus as secular as this one. There's so many different Christian organizations over there. And to just, um, to just see you working mightily this past week, God, it's been encouraging. I pray, Lord, for every single person in this room tonight. I pray for the freshmen. I pray for the transfer students. I pray for the international students and everybody in between, God, or those who are just trying to find a home. And, Lord, I pray with my, my heart of hearts that this would be a place where people feel safe, people feel welcome and accepted, and most of all, where they feel you. God, we love you and we praise you. We're thankful most of all for what your son did on the cross. And everybody said, amen. amen. So for those of you who have been to an Aggies pre-big changes um, that we undertook this summer getting ready for tonight, first and foremost, 
we're not in the gym right now. And that is a pretty cool thing. For those of you who don't know, we've met in the, Agnes Christ has met in the gym that we own across the parking lot for the past 10 years or so. And, uh, and, and this summer, it was just time for a change. Everything was getting old over there. It was, uh, it was really falling apart, what we were doing. So we put a lot of blood, sweat, tears, time, energy uh, I- into this place this summer, getting ready for conditioning. We can control it. Um, the, the, jet, the jet engine that starts up when that, when that blower starts blowing is not going to interrupt my sermons and make me start yelling at you guys. So we can control that. The sound already sounds so much better. We're comfortable. And we have room to grow. And that's really exciting that we have room to grow into this space. And so we had to switch that up this semester. Now, all the work that was done here this summer was done by church staff members or by volunteers from the AFC summer small group or from um, my man Josh up in the sound booth hooked us up with all these lights um, in the last couple weeks. So, I mean, like, we, it's just like everybody's been pulling together to make this change happen. So that was the first cool thing that happened this summer. Second big change, which you've probably already seen, we can go back to the other midweek slide. We have a new logo. We have a new logo, and we're calling our Wednesday night meetings midweek. Now, just to clarify things for people who have been here before, we are not doing away with Aggies for Christ. Aggies for Christ is still very much who we are, but we had to make a change this summer to talk about what our Wednesday nights are going to look like because the term Aggies for Christ, does it, it, it excludes two different sets of people with that name. First of all, it excludes people who aren't Aggies. In this community, we have people who decided not to go to college. We have high school seniors in the room. We have people who have graduated college in the room. We have BACC students. We have everybody in between. If you're between 18 and 30-something, you're welcome to be here. You're welcome to be here. So we had to switch that off because we didn't want to exclude ourselves to just Aggies. Secondly, the name Aggies for Christ excluded people who weren't yet for Christ. I know it sounds crazy, right? Now, if you're in the room right now and you're a Christian and you're, you're a solid believer, like, I am so thankful that you are here. I'm thankful for your brotherhood. I'm thankful for your sisterhood. I'm thankful for who you are in this world. But if you're, not, if you're in this room and you're not a Christian, I'm thrilled that you are here. And I mean that with every ounce of my being. And that has to be the mission of what we are as a family. Like, the more you read about Jesus this semester, the more time we spend in the Gospels and we're exploring this man, like, who Jesus was. Like, he was always around people who didn't believe like him. He was always around people that didn't look like him. Thieves, prostitutes, um, everybody in between. That's who Jesus was around, and that's who we want to be around. So as a family, if family is what we're going to be, we cannot be exclusive to anybody. That just has to be our mission statement. That has to be our heart's cry for this semester. So those are the two big things that changed over the summer. And with a little bit of explanation, you can see, like, as a group, we had to make a rebrand. We had to rebrand ourselves a little bit. It was an absolute must. It was an absolute must. And so as you've seen already, our sermon title for tonight is The Rebrand. The Rebrand. Now, we're not talking about the rebrand because we got this sweet new palette wall, and we're not talking about the rebrand because we got this sweet new logo that we spent um, all this time on and energy on. We're talking about the rebrand because the story of every single Christian who has ever been introduced to and followed Jesus, the story of every single person is that they, at one point in their lives or another, they had to make a drastic turnaround. They had to make a drastic rebrand. They had to change the way that they were living and the things that they were living for. That is the story of every single person who has ever followed Jesus. The very pure and simple gospel, the simple gospel is that we were sinners, died on a cross, he defeated the grave, defeated death forever, and we get a benefit from that. That's the best story that was ever told, and that is going to be told from this stage week in and week out for years and years and decades to come. 
but the individual stories that happen from these changes, from these rebrands, from these testimonies. We can draw some great encouragement from that as well. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. This We're going to tell some stories about the way that Jesus has been reshaping and rebranding and changing individuals' lives for thousands and thousands of years. And so I have a few different stories tonight, but, to, but I'm going to start with one of the most uh, dramatic turnarounds um, that's ever been recorded in history. And it's about a man named Paul of Tarsus. Now, Paul, uh, now Saul of Tarsus, excuse me, Saul of Tarsus on the next slide there. Now, one other goal that I have this, for this semester, you're not going to hear me say um, very often, the Bible says, the Bible says this, the Bible says that. Can you guys go to that next slide, please? Thank you. We're not going to say the Bible says this or the Bible says that. Instead, I'm going to say, like, like what, his, what individual from history said these things? Who are we studying? And so tonight we're studying this guy named Saul. So who was Saul? Saul was a first century Jew. He was, he was known as a Pharisee. He, uh, he was a Roman citizen. He was a very well-educated man. He had, very, he had high status amongst the people that he was around. And also, he hated and persecuted the Christian church. He was not about it. He was a devout Jew, and he did not want anything to change. But he denied who this Jesus guy was. And so, uh, and so we're going to dive into the life of Saul and the conversion of Saul a little bit tonight. The guy who wrote Acts is a guy named Luke. And Luke says this in Acts chapter 8, talking about Saul. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they, the followers, were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Skipping down to verse 3. Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison, standing over executions of Christians. And, and, and so, like, I, I've been the campus minister here at um, ASC for almost three years now, and I've seen some hostility towards the church. I've advertised over on that campus for this meeting time after time again, and I've ran into some hostility. I really have. Like, today, um, we were just trying to hand out flyers about some food trucks. And, and you would not believe some of the hostility that we got. I mean, sweet Hannah Nunley, she's a, she's a poor woman. She was trying to hand out these flyers to people. And because it came from Aggies for Christ, she got, she got stiff-armed more times than I can count today. And it was rough. It was rough to watch this hostility that came just because of the organization. Like, man, it's food trucks. Like, Satan worshipers and Jesus can agree that those food trucks were bomb. But, but that, wasn't, that wasn't enough. And we got, we got stiff-armed a couple times tonight. We, we weren't even talking about the church meeting tonight. We were talking about the food trucks. So I've seen some hostility. I've seen some hostility on that campus, but I've never seen anything that's like described, that describes Saul of Tarsus. I've never seen anybody um, on the campus that was that bad. And so we're going to keep reading about this man, Saul. Chapter 9, Luke says this. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. And he asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, or if he found anybody belonging to Christianity, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stopped, stood speechless, hearing the voice and seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. So, so here Jesus appears to Saul, and he calls him out. He's like, man, like, what are you doing to my church? Like, what are you doing 
with your lives. And then he tells them, and I'm not going to read this next part, but he tells them, go into the city and wait. And during that time, the Lord has an, um, makes another vision to a man named Ananias. And Ananias is a disciple and a follower of the Lord. And, and he tells Ananias, he says, hey, there's a guy named Saul um, in Damascus. I need you to go pray for him. I need you to go be with him. I need you to go tell him what he needs to do. And you know what Ananias says? He says, heck no. I'm not going to go see this guy Saul. I've heard about Saul. He's going to put me in prison. He might kill me. That He's been persecuting your church, Lord. And then in one of the most beautiful statements that you're ever going to find in the book of Acts, the Lord tells Ananias this. He says, go, for he, Saul, is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. A chosen instrument. The Greek, the Greek word for that translates to a, to a useful tool. Chosen and useful. It's, it's beautiful, beautiful imagery. So Ananias goes. He, uh, we go to the next slide. So Ananias goes. He prays for Saul. And the Holy Spirit falls upon Saul. And immediately, when, when the scales fall off of his eyes and he regains his sight, he immediately gets up and does some things. First, he gets baptized. He gets up and he gets baptized. Secondly, he goes into the synagogues and he starts telling people. The same people he used to worship with, he's like, hey, like I had it wrong. Like Jesus is the son of the living God. This dude is for real. I know I've been messing up, but like it's all about Jesus. And then Saul continues to grow in, in strength. He continues to grow in faith. And then in one of the most uh, epic rebranding stories of the first century, Saul changes his name to Paul. He changes his name to Paul. He no longer wants to be known um, as the Saul who was persecuting. He now goes by Paul. His name, his mission in life, the direction that his life was taking, everything changes because of the person that Jesus was and the good news that he brought. It changes everything. It changed absolutely everything. Now, I know our generation. I, I know who's sitting out here. I was sitting in the same chair, in these same chairs. I know what's going on. We're reading this story and we're like, yeah, great, great Bible story. That's awesome. But it's 2017. Stuff like this doesn't happen anymore, right? I want you to do me a favor and, and don't discount this text because it's thousands of years old. Don't discount it because of some of the mysticism that is written in these lines. Because the, the, the main point of this story tonight is that, that there was a moment where, where Saul had to make a decision. There was a bright light coming, literally coming to Jesus moment where he had to make a decision, and he did. And if you want to say in 2017 that things like this don't happen, I, I just have to disagree. There's these moments where people are hit with these decisions, and we can go one way or another. And oftentimes we just ignore them. Oftentimes we just ignore them. So let's go back to a modern day example. I said I had a couple more stories. So a modern day kind of lighter example than the story of Saul. Um, it's about a guy named Morgan Spurlock. And this is Morgan Spurlock. He, he, he had a documentary in 2004 called Supersize Me. And so what Morgan Spurlock did is he, and you guys probably know, he ate McDonald's and only McDonald's for a whole entire month. Three meals a day. He would supersize it if, he, if they asked him to. He was, he, okay, go back to the other one. So, so he, was, he, was, uh, he, was doing, he was doing this uh, social experiment, this social experiment. And so he said, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat it for a month. I'm going to see what happens. And what happens? He starts gaining a lot of weight. He gets really sick. He loses a lot of energy. He, he's, he's going downhill. And in turn, what does he do? 
he messes up the sales for McDonald's. The sales and the stock prices of McDonald's start going down as Super Size Me in 2004 starts going up in popularity. The sales and stock prices of McDonald's start going down. And so what does McDonald's do? Like th- this, this, uh, this idea that we had about um, who McDonald's was, like, oh, it's kind of like this dirty, unhealthy restaurant. Like it was officially confirmed it is this dirty, unhealthy restaurant. We saw it in the documentary. And so what do they do? They, they rebrand. They rebrand. So with this negative, dirty light shining in their face, it's bringing all this attention on this corporation. They start making changes. I thought of that all on my own. That's good. <laughs> all on my own. It's too easy. So they started making changes to the outside of the building. They made them more modern. On the inside, they started doing things that cleaned it up nice and clean. They wanted it to be a, to be a restaurant of cleanliness. And then the menu started changing too. You can get a salad at McDonald's. You can get, you can get apple slices in your Happy Meal. And, 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 in, and in an instant, they changed from the inside out. They rebranded from the inside out. And they were not going to be just part of the problem. They were going to be part of the solution if the, if the people ordering so chose to do apple slices over a double quarter pounder. I don't know who would. But some people have done that. And they rebranded them. And they answered the call. This negative light shining in their face, they answered the call. I know it's a silly example, but what Jesus did to Paul is exactly what Morgan Spurlock did to McDonald's. Paul, Saul, what are you doing? You're persecuting my church. Like, why are you persecuting me? What are you doing with your life? The Lord pleads with Paul, you're you're hurting my church. And what does Paul do? He responds. Immediately he is baptized. Immediately he starts declaring who Jesus is. He's a, you know, when we're, uh, when we're college students or just the life of this church, the life of this ministry, um, our year kind of starts in August. It, re- it really kind of does. We don't really think about January to, Jan- to December. We think about August to May kind of. So it's August. The semester's just starting. With that, we have the opportunity to evaluate what we want this next year to be. And maybe they'll look back and see, like, what, what, what was last year? And are we happy with the type of people that we were back then? Are we happy with who we were last week? I was a freshman too. I know what happens on the first Thursday of school. Were we happy last Thursday with who we were as people? Maybe tonight, maybe tonight, it's the bright light wake-up call that some of us need. I don't know who you are. I don't know a lot of you. I know a lot of you. I don't know a lot. I don't know others. I don't know where you've been. I know there's people in this room who have, um, who have put their school above everything else. I know there's girls in this room who have put um, falling into the arms of a different guy every week as, as top of the list of their priorities. I know there's guys in this room who have been individuals who find their worth in, in, uh, in, in getting different girls into bed. I know there's young adults in this room who have found their, their purpose and their, their meaning in life and their financial and their career gains. I know that's the story for some people in this room. There's a hundred and... 70-something people, 200 people, I don't know how many people in this room, but there's that many different stories in this room as well. And what the message is tonight is like no matter what your story is, all of us, every single one of us could benefit from, a, from an experience, an encounter, and a rebrand of Jesus. Now, the way Paul did it is he, these grand things. Maybe your turnaround looks that big. Maybe it's a complete 180 from, from murderer to missionary. That was, that was Paul's story. Maybe yours is something that dramatic. Maybe we just have some fine-tuning things to do. Maybe we've been getting close. 
but it's time to, to fully die so that I don't know your story. But regardless, we could all benefit from a response to the person of Jesus. Okay, last story for the evening. Last story for tonight, and then we're going to sing a couple more songs, and we're going to hang out for a little bit afterwards. But the last story for the evening. I want to tell you about one of my best friends in this world and uh, the dramatic rebrand and response to Jesus that he had. So this is my best friend, Taylor Gobble. He's sitting right here in the seventh or eighth row right here. And uh, me and Taylor, we met, um, this is how I picture when we met. This is from about the same time. So I creeped your Facebook hard yesterday. <laughs> I went back to sophomore year of high school. It was pretty good. So I creeped his Facebook hard yesterday. So about five years ago, me and Taylor meet at an Aggies for Christ, very much like tonight, in the gym across the parking lot. And uh, Taylor had been dragged there by his little sister who was a leader within the ministry and had been begging him for come to come for um, months and months and months. And so he finally gives in and he sits right behind our row. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you everything about his story because I plan on having Taylor be one of our speakers this semester. I want him to tell his whole story himself. Um, but let's just say I met Taylor when he was at a, a very tough point in his life. I don't want to say rock bottom because that would be for him. Life had dealt him some pretty crappy hands. And he was in a state of frustration and uncertainty and needing a change, needing a rebrand. He was uh, angry. He was a little hard to talk to, if we're being completely honest, and we have been. I didn't like him at first. He didn't like me at first. But uh, he kept coming around. He kept coming around to this crazy group of uh, a college um, Christians and this family that we had, he kept putting himself in these situations and going on, um, going on retreats with us and coming to our small groups and asking these super hard questions that just like rocked our world. And he, he, was, he was doubting, he was a little bit uncertain, but he kept coming around. And he was still kind of living in this, this phase of, of questioning things and uncertainty and whatnot until the bright light moment. And so uh, the bright light moment starts like this. We were going, AFC was going to Honduras for a mission trip this, this particular summer. And there was about 10 of us that were going, and we had all the money paid for, and everybody was good to go, and we had a kid drop out last minute. Boom. Two weeks before we left, this kid drops out. And we need to fill this spot. We need some help. And so we start calling everybody. We're like, hey, got a free trip to Central America for a week of hard labor. Who wants to go? And so we're calling all these people in the ministry, and we're just like, hey, like, do you want to come? Like, um, do you want to go? We're calling our, our cousins and our brothers, and like anybody we think might go. And uh, we're getting shut down. We're like, no, it's crazy. I can't take off work. It's Central America. I'm not just going to get up and leave. Like, I get it. And, uh, and so my buddy Logan, another leader in AFC at the time, he says, uh, he's like, let's call Taylor Gobble. And I was like, why? Like, why? <laughs> like, 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 he's going to say no. There is no way in the world that Taylor says yes. You are going to be wasting your breath with that phone call. Logan says, I'm going to call him. 30 seconds on the phone, Taylor agrees to go to Central America with us. It was the easiest sell Logan ever made. Taylor's just like, yes, I'm in. And he instantly said yes to going. The next day, we had a plane ticket in his name. And, and 10 days later, we were on a plane together to Honduras. What happened in Honduras was the bright white moment. While, while down there... Um, He's absorbing these things that are going on. He, he, he's experiencing the changes and the, um, and the things that God's doing in and around and through him. And it's really a special, special trip um, to the point where there was this one time where we took this kind of, on one of our off days, we took this trek to this river. You can go to the next slide. Like Taylor insisted on being baptized in this river. Still one of the most beautiful moments of either of our lives. Whew. 
It was good. It was a good, it was a good, it's emotional. It's emotional for us. It, it was one of the most beautiful moments that in my 26 years I've ever seen. Instantly answers the call. And so we come back from Honduras, and, and things are different. Taylor is, Taylor is a leader in the ministry. He starts, have, he starts hosting small groups at the house that he was renting. All the guys, the small groups, we all met there that year, four years ago. That's where we had our small groups. Guess where we're, the guys we're meeting this year for our small groups for OSC? Me at Taylor's house again. Like He has been a leader, and he has been this staple in the ministry for years and years and, and, and years since, and the growth that he's gone through and the things that we've been through together, like it's been extremely special to watch the, wo- the Lord work in his life. And Saturday, I have the distinct privilege of standing next to him. You can go to the next slide. That's his best man when he, when he gets married to the love of his life, Sarah. He, uh, he proposed at ASC last year. It was so dope. It was awesome. We had, it was the best night. And so, uh, and so Saturday, I get to stand next to him as he, as he rebrands himself again from this faithful single Christian to this faithful married man of God as he leads Sarah into this next Jesus-following adventure of theirs. It's extremely special. It's extremely special. Amber, you guys can start coming back up. I know some of you in this room aren't Christians. I, I understand Food trucks brought you in, those pretty girls brought you in, whatever it is. I, I know some of you in this room aren't Christians, and like I said, we're thrilled that you're here tonight if that's the case. I know some of you could care less about the words that are written in the Bible. But why I started with the story of Saul tonight, from 2,000 years ago, and why I finished with the story of Taylor tonight, from four years ago, is because I have to make this point tonight. That God is still in very active, very visible, very tangible ways, still reshaping and changing and rebranding lives, even today in 2017. He's still rebranding. He's still changing for those who seek him. And like I said earlier, I don't know where you're at. And I don't know what you're struggling with or if there's this giant rebrand that needs to happen. Or like I said, these tiny little twitches that we're going to make to our story so that it more accurately lines up with who God is. I don't know what your story is. But I do know that somebody who responds to the person of Jesus benefits mightily. And so I want you to know tonight that you have the opportunity to respond. Now, one thing you'll learn about ASC is we're not one of these churches where it's just like, okay, altar call or... You're a dirty, disgusting sinner. Please raise your hand so everybody can see you. Like, that's just not how we do it here. But I do want you to know that you have the opportunity to respond. During these last two songs, myself and my interns and my wife, we're going to be in the back of the room um, ready to pray with anybody that, that wants prayer tonight. Like, I don't know how big of a turnaround yours is. Like, for Paul and for Taylor, like, like it, was, it was baptism. And folks, moving into here, like, we have the baptism water right here. Like, if this is something you need to do tonight... After service, we can make things happen. Or maybe it's a small, like I said, a small tweak, a small change. But you have the opportunity to respond tonight. Now, you might be a sinner. You might have the most horrible, disgusting story that you think. But God loves you and has called you to something far, far greater. When we go back to the words that that the Lord told Ananias in talking about Saul, He says, Saul is a chosen 
instrument of mine. He is useful to me. And so let me just say this right now. Like, I know it's the first night of the semester. There's 299 different groups on this campus. If you never come back to another Aggies for Christ, if you never hear another word come out of my mouth ever again, please leave with this. Please leave known that you are a chosen instrument, and there is no, no height, nor depth, nor width that can keep you from the love of God. And so walk out of here tonight, walk through those doors, at least knowing that that the ultimate rebrand that you could ever have for your life is knowing, A, that you're chosen, and B, that you're loved. I'm thrilled that you guys are here tonight. It is so exciting to have you guys in our, in our home, in our space. Um, I'm praying big things for your semester, that your time spent here in Las Cruces, um, no matter what season of life it is, that it's a time full of um, abundance and community and, and, and great relationships and um, just, just mighty, mighty blessings. And if AFC can play a part of that, you guys know where to find us. Um, again, have a fantastic semester. We love that you guys are here tonight. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you, God. We're thankful for who you are. We're thankful for the things that you're doing in this community. Again, God, we're thankful for um, the way you moved that thunderstorm tonight away from our events so people could just commune and break bread together tonight. God, that was awesome. And to watch the majesty and, and, and the power of what you were doing in the clouds tonight and to, and to be together and to watch the majesty and the power of what you're doing in this room. God, I pray that you move here just as mightily. Lord, for the, for the soft hearts that are in the room tonight who are, who are anxious for the bright, white experience, um, experience of, of making a change, I pray for them right now. I pray for a response. I pray for action. I pray that they feel loved and chosen. God, more than anything, we pray that we remember the simple gospel, that we were sinners and we needed a Savior. And you stepped in. God, we're thankful for that most of all. In your son's name I pray. Amen. Let's worship together.